Clayton Safia standing by on the Meyer guest line. Let's talk uh, Michigan football and also we'll get to Michigan Purdue on Saturday night. So, uh, Clayton, if uh, you're pulling out your DraftKings Sportsbook app and you see Michigan minus 17, 16 and a half, uh, do you just say that's a lock? I, w- I wouldn't necessarily call it a lock, but I do like Michigan. I think they'll probably cover that. Um, I don't think they're going to be fully healthy again this week, but we saw what they, what they were able to do last weekend. Um, so I think I like Michigan in this one. Purdue does have the element of you know having a pretty good passing attack, so that scares you a little bit in terms of if you're going to pull an upset. You know they got a pretty accurate quarterback and Aiden O'Connell. Um, but I like Michigan here. I feel like they got the momentum. We saw them do it last year in Indianapolis, where. They kind of rolled uh, Iowa 42-3, to so uh, I think it could be something similar here. And then you're heading into the college football playoff. Oh, man. I, you know, we thought last year was a magical once-in-a-generational season, and this year is taking it to the next level, and it's not even over yet. Right. Well, Harbaugh was right last year when he said it kind of feels like the beginning, you know, even after they lost to – Georgia in the Orange Bowl down there. Um, and he was right. You know, I think he liked his team. He talked about it all off season, and, you know, they lost a lot. So it was kind of like, okay, well, we'll wait and see. And the schedule wasn't great. So we still were learning, you know, piece by piece throughout the season. But uh, they felt confident coming into that Ohio State game, more confident than uh, a lot of us felt about this Michigan team. And, you know, now here, here we are again uh, in 12-0, even better than a year ago. So it, it, you know, last year did feel like that breakthrough, you know, was it maybe kind of a one-off type of thing, but they proved this year that they really not only flipped the rivalry with Ohio state, but have really become the class of the big 10. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer guest line. Why are they a better team this year than last year? And man, if you, if you would have sat here a year ago, uh, when we did this uh, big 10 championship game preview with the Wolverine.com and on three.com team that, they're going to lose Hutchinson. They're going to lose um, a ton on defense, including a Jabo. And we're talking about a better team right now. Knowing that the J.J. McCarthy quarterback battle was coming, even with Cade uh, leading Michigan to the college football playoff, uh, how shocking is it to see this team at another level compared to last year's Big Ten champion and college football playoff squad? I think the most shocking thing is the defense because you lost some studs there, two first rounders and then Ojabo who would have been if he didn't tear his Achilles at pro day. And then you replace that with a group that looks better, honestly. And it is kind of like the no star defense that Jim Harbaugh talked about coming in, but they're starting to have some stars. I mean, Mike Morris who played only 11 snaps against Ohio state and they were still able to get it done uh, is the defensive lineman of the year in the big 10 uh, I just love that secondary guys like Rod Moore at the safety position, Will Johnson, five-star freshman who's coming on. Uh, so some stars are emerging a little bit, but I'd say it's the most amazing. The most amazing thing is that defense and what it's been able to do. But also you look at the offense. I mean, the offensive line to me is better than it was a year ago. I don't think that's a hot take at this point. I think they're more dynamic at the quarterback position. And J.J. McCarthy proved that in Columbus. Uh, I think they're better at the running back position. Uh, I know Blake Coram's hurt, but, um, you know, talking about the entirety of the season here, and you're pretty darn similar at wide receiver and banged up at tight end, but still been really productive there. So it's, you know, and it's a lot of young talent too, huge. So, I mean, you're looking at, um, you know, reinforcements they were able to, you know, kind of bring in this year um, and still have some young talent to make the future look bright. So, 
Um, you know, I, I think it's a better team. And if you look at also, let's say things hold with the college football playoff, um, you know, last year you had Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Cincinnati. You felt like you were kind of that third team, even though you were the second seed. Uh, if things hold, you know, it looks like Georgia and Michigan is the top two teams. You kind of moved up a rung there heading into this one. And, um, you, you know, a lot of people are expecting that you would win that first playoff game, whoever it would be against. And you're looking at a national championship game, and it's just one night in Los Angeles. You never know what could happen. So uh, I think it is a better team. I think it's built to compete against some of the more elite talent than it was a year ago, um, slightly at least. And that, that could make for an exciting next six, seven weeks. I'll say that. I did tweet out earlier today uh, some of the numbers I saw online. Fourth quarter scoreboard for Michigan football in their last seven games. Outscored Ohio State 21-3 fourth quarter. Illinois 9 nothing. Nebraska 10 nothing. Rutgers 10 nothing. MSU 10 nothing. Penn State 10 nothing. Indiana 14 nothing. So if I do the right math, and again, I can be wrong at times when it comes to math, they've given up three points in the fourth quarter in the last seven games. I saw that, that you put that out there. I mean, that's incredible. And if you look at the second halves as well and extend that, they've been really good overall. I know that Illinois third quarter wasn't as good. Um, but if you, if you look at the entirety of this season, the second halves have been incredible. And that's what Harbaugh told his team at halftime against Ohio State. Hey, let's go have our best half of the season. Um, we were a second-half team. And Mike Sainer still, who had made some huge plays in that game from the nickel spot, said, I guess maybe we are a second-half team. Uh, and you know, obviously he made the game-saving uh, pass break up there in the end zone on Cade Stover. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's a testament to – these players and their mental toughness, I mean, for years, uh, even early in the Harbaugh era, they, you know, they were good and mentally tough relatively, but when they got in the biggest of games, you didn't always see it. You know, they would wilt at times against teams that were tougher. But now Michigan, in Columbus, in one of the craziest environments you could have in college football in front of 106,000 people that haven't beat you in three years and want to win that game more than anything, uh, you were able to be the tougher team. And you look at, over at the Ohio State sideline, I was standing by the Ohio State sideline with a few minutes to go there, uh, and it was just completely dead. Fans were filing out. It was an amazing scene to see. So I think it speaks to the mental toughness. And Jim Harbaugh tried to nominate Ben Herbert, the strength coach for the Broyles Award, which was handed to the top assistant coach in college football. The award said it has to be an on-field coach, you know, one of the ten that you have. So they nominated Jesse Minter. But I think that speaks a lot, too. It's First, it's a classic Harbaugh move, and two, uh, it is, uh, you know, he's done a great job with these guys because you can tell they're not tired by the ends of games. They actually wear down their opponent. Clayton Safey, he doesn't wear down anybody. He just delivers quality inside Michigan football material at the Wolverine.com, part of the On3.com team, joining us for our, now it's, well, be two years in a row, uh, Michigan Big Ten Championship football game preview. Also looking back at, Michigan's 12-0 and regular season, what lies ahead. We'll talk about the potential matchups in the playoffs. We'll get to Purdue uh, in a few moments. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, for the first time this year in my mind, he looked so comfortable, and this was on the road in Columbus. He, he looked as comfortable as he's been all year long. The swagger, everything just magically reappeared. Yeah, I mean, he was a little amped up early, and he admitted that he sailed a couple balls, but he had some really, really nice throws in this game. And 
the thing I noticed the most was those are some similar throws that he missed on earlier on in the season. If you remember the Rutgers game when he had a wide-open Andrew Anthony and he overthrew him and Jim Harbaugh on the sideline told him, hey, if you've got a guy wide open, you got to put air under it. It's better to kind of underthrow him a little bit, make him slow down, than to completely uh, sail that ball. And then you saw him do that to Ronnie Bell on the first drive of the game. You saw him do that to Colston Loveland on his 45-yard touchdown pass. You saw him really hit Cornelius Johnson in stride on the 75-yarder, so didn't even need to do it there. But um, things like that, the growth from him, and he's talked about all year, too, that his feel in the pocket is improving, knowing when to run. And some of those scrambles were massive for Michigan, and then you're able to run him on design stuff. He had a 19-yard pickup. He had the three-yard touchdown run at the goal line on third down. So he was incredible. Uh, And, you know, it's kind of one of those things throughout the year. Hey, where's the passing game? Why isn't the passing game better? Um, But you had in the back of your mind the feeling that, one, the Michigan coaching staff had some things that they were going to save for Ohio State, and Jim Harbaugh admitted that. He said they emptied the playbook, uh, although he had a few that he still uh, had up his sleeve, he said. And then, two, that these players would be able to make the plays when they're called upon. J.J. is a guy who hasn't always been consistent throughout the season. He's still 19 years old. He's still learning. But I think we've seen the upside. And when it kind of came together on Saturday, it was, it was pretty fun to watch. really was. Uh, the domination of Ohio State and Columbus. I'm trying to think. The last time I saw Ohio State get beat up like that, did Penn State take him to the woodshed one time in Columbus in like the last – Five, six, seven years. Do I remember that? Did they beat up on them in Columbus? Because you hardly ever see the Buckeyes lose at home, ever. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Penn State's only win over them recently was that one where they had the block kick, and that was in State College. Ohio State had won 29 consecutive Big Ten games at home coming into this one. Uh, their only losses. Uh, they did have a loss at home to Oregon, obviously out of Big Ten play last year, but that was a close game. Uh, this is Michigan's biggest win over Ohio State and Columbus, uh, I want to say since 1956, um, and it's their biggest win over Ohio State since the 70s overall, a home game, I believe, 73 or 75 maybe. Um, and I may have those that date wrong, but it's, it doesn't happen much. you got to go back decades to see some of this stuff. Um, and it comes against a really good Ohio State team. This isn't an Ohio State team that was down or anything. This was a team that had national title hopes as, as much as, you know, a week ago. So um, that makes it even more amazing. And the fact that Michigan did it in that environment after what they did a year ago, after the 365 days of Ohio State working in silence and all that stuff that you hear, um, just made it even more stunning and, and incredible. Yeah, Ohio State has uh... – it would now be four home losses in the last 10 years at home. So they lost to Vatek in 2014. They lost to Oklahoma. I think it was Baker Mayfield, right? 2017. And they lost to Oregon. Uh, that would be last fall, 35-28 at home. And now you mix in the Michigan loss. Uh, that would give them four losses in the last 10 years. That's a pretty good home record. It is. Um, And I'll I'll say, man, I mean, it was fun walking through some of the tailgates before the game, and you could just kind of feel the the energy in the air. And then standing on the field for warm-ups, you could feel the hate, the hatred for these Michigan Wolverines. Um, And I know they had the game canceled in 2020, but, you know, 
still the facts remain that they hadn't beat Michigan in over a thousand days. And people in Ohio, uh, you know, no disrespect to them, of course, but you know, they kind of live for that game and they live for college football. They don't have much else. Some of them, uh, and, you know, I think it's, uh, it was, you know, it was just amazing to see them file out at the end. It was kind of stunning and, and really unbelievable to, to, to witness. By the way, Ohio State's head coach Ryan Day has as many losses to Michigan as Jim Tressel, Luke Fickle, and Urban Meyer combined. I saw that. Mm. I saw that. There's some pressure on him now. There's no question. Yeah, we'll see what they do, and could we get the rematch? Think about that, uh, Clayton, that based on what's happened with uh, LSU losing to Texas A&M, with Clemson getting knocked off by South Carolina, Tennessee the week before, uh, losing big uh, to South Carolina, losing their quarterback. Uh, the stars are aligning for Ohio State possibly uh, to get into the playoff. And could you imagine in the semifinals or championship game a rematch of Michigan Ohio State? <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, that's a distinct possibility. I know. We won't know till Sunday. But I'm just. Uh, right. I don't know if you're Michigan. I don't know if you want that this early. You don't mind the rematch next year at the Big House. I. I think you're rooting for. Alabama, because, I, again, I was looking at both schedules, Alabama, Ohio State. Ohio State's marquee victory, it's not Notre Dame, would be Penn State, who's in the top ten, and that that's their best win. And then, you know, if you look at Alabama, I know SEC wins always look good, but their best win is at Old Miss. I, again, I I know they lost a lot of close games. So the question is, I think between uh, a two-loss Alabama and one-loss Ohio State, you're not going to be able to take the two-loss Alabama over a one-loss Ohio State if SC and or TCU lose. You just can't do it if you're the playoff committee. No, I think the only way there was going to be a two-loss team that would get in, and there never has been yet uh, to this point since the playoff started in 2014, was going to be if LSU stayed at two losses I agree. and they somehow knocked off Georgia. I think Alabama, well, you know, there's still – Maybe, uh, you know, a slight chance. I think it's Ohio State has the best chance. And I think that if TCU loses, I think it'd still be maybe a coin flip between those two. But if USC loses and picks up its second loss, they're out. Uh, then I don't see that. Then they're done. So. Then Ohio State's uh, in there at four. And right, Georgia right. gets upset by LSU in the SEC title game. And Michigan's the one seed, Ohio State's the four seed. And they'll meet probably in Glendale, Arizona. In a historic yeah. semifinal. This is fun to talk about. All right, before I let you go, uh, let's move on talk about Michigan-Purdue Saturday night. Uh, the minute you knew Purdue was the Big Ten West champion, what was your initial thought on that matchup with Michigan? Yeah, I was thinking Iowa would have been probably a better matchup. Obviously, we knew they were pretty much out of it on Friday when they lost at home to Nebraska. Um, my thought is this is a, a Purdue team that has had an absolute roller coaster of the season, if you look at some of the, you know, they got off to a slow start and then they looked like they could do something in the Big Ten West, like just about everybody over there. Uh, and then they had a huge rough patch and then they win their last three and here they are. Um, I do think Aiden O'Connell is a good quarterback. He's leading the Big Ten in passing yards per game. They passed the seventh most in the country out of anybody. So Michigan secondary that looked really good last week against Ohio State and has been really good all season will have to be on its P's and Q's, uh, Purdue also has a, a pretty good defensive line. So Michigan run game, you know, they got stuffed a little bit against Ohio State. They'll have to be 
a little bit better for the whole 60 minutes potentially, but uh, they also showed they were able to wear them down. So uh, even without Blake Corum, don't expect him to play. I think Michigan should win pretty handily here. Um, talking to people down in West Lafayette, they're saying hopefully it's just a game. Uh, hopefully it's at least a competitive game for you know three, four quarters. Uh, I think it'd be fun to see, but I think either way, Michigan's in the playoff, uh, but they do want that. They do want that uh, Big Ten championship for a second straight season. Will be a really good feat. And as Jim Harbaugh said, number one rule of champions is do not let up. So they are trying to refocus and get ready for this one. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com team joining us as we're talking about Michigan's 12 and 0 football season. Looking ahead to the Big Ten championship game on Saturday night. If you have a Michigan football comment at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook. Opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. You can text us during the game. Uh, you don't get crushed with ads or bounce backs. Just text the word HUGE to 21000. You know, I'm looking at what Harbaugh did in Big Ten Coach of the Year. There has to be a massive uh, contract uh, re-up, uh, reworked deal when this season is over. Seriously. Yeah, I would think so. Um that's more work for us. He's uh, covering these, these contracts. Oh, they move really fast. The contract deals between Manuel yeah. and Harbaugh, like, <laughs> it takes an hour. It's over lunch. It's on a napkin. <laughs> exactly. No, it's really like a month, month and a half type of Look, thing. Look, you're so. stressing out because you're going, hey, Bill, can I even enjoy the Big Ten championship game? You're already talking about a Harbaugh new deal. They're, they're gonna, right. I, I think the boosters will line up and make him as competitively – compensated as any college football coach in America. I do. I think, and I think he should be, um, you know, I said it last year too. I, you know, I, obviously he got a big raise and, and that was off of getting his contract slashed in half, but I thought, man, he's done enough in my opinion to, to pay him even more and, and, and you know, keep him as happy as possible. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think it's going to happen. Uh, hopefully it doesn't drag out for a month after the season, but he deserves it. He's the big 10 coach of the year. You look at the rest of the Big Ten right now, I mean, he's clearly, in my opinion, the best coach in, in the conference. I think Ryan Day would probably be number two. Um, but, you know, Jim Harbaugh's proven over the last couple of years that that's a pretty distant second. So he's, he has this thing rolling right now. Um, he deserves it. He got a big bonus for beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten East. Uh, if they win on Saturday night, he will get, I think, another million dollars in college football playoff a little bit more. So uh, it's not like he, he doesn't have any, but I think, you know, you make him the highest coach, uh, highest paid coach in the Big Ten. No excuses. Yeah, Clayton's going great. Uh, now I'll, I'll be chasing basketball. Everything going on. We'll have Harbaugh's deal as soon as they're done uh, with the college football playoff. And I do believe Michigan is in, uh, regardless, win or lose on Saturday night in the Big Ten title game in India against Purdue. Uh, before I let you go, Clayton, uh, for the Wolverine.com Tower in Ann Arbor, what's your prediction on Saturday night in Indy? Yeah, I'm going to go. I haven't really thought too much about a score quite yet, but I am going to go with 38 to 17 Michigan. Uh, I think they'll pull away. I think Purdue will probably be able to score a little bit uh, just because of their passing attack. And I think that they're going to be excited to play in this game. They don't call them the spoiler makers for nothing. Uh, but I think Michigan will kind of uh, wear them out over 60 minutes and play well in the second half, something that we've seen them do quite a bit this year. Clayton, thank you so much. Enjoy the Big Ten title game. We'll talk next week and look ahead to the college football playoff for the Wolverines. Looking forward to it. All right, Clayton Safey checking in on the Meyer guest line as our Big Ten championship special continues.